Hi, this is Charlie Peck. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, we've got Kathleen. Kathleen, I cannot wait to start talking about teacher appreciation with you. First of all, welcome and please just explain, like just say your name and what you do, your position and what you're all about. Awesome. My name is Kathleen Eckert. Um, for the past 10 years, I was a middle school principal in Texas. Um, currently, I am the director of compliance and policy for a school district. So it's been a little transition getting off of campus. Um, but teacher appreciation just became kind of like a number one priority for me as a building principal. It became a passion and everybody kept reaching out to me for ideas. And so now I'm just trying to take it to the next level. That's awesome. Why do you think they were talking to or seeking you out for examples? Because I know why, but I'd like you to tell me what they were asking about. I think it really started with some of my teachers just sharing with other teachers in our district. Um, I know one connection that really got things going was one of my teachers, his wife was a principal in the district that I'm in now. And he reached out to her about an idea that I discussed in the book. And she came to the school to learn more. Then I went to learn more at her school. And eventually we became a group of about 60 middle school principals from DFW just kind of sharing ideas. And then when I would go to conferences, people would ask me to present. At first, it was just kind of my go-to because I was able to whip up a presentation in a matter of minutes because it was just so much that I did with my teachers. And then it became something that people would be like, hey, are you going to present about your teacher appreciation at this conference? And it just kind of became a thing. And then people were like, you know, you should write a book. And I was like, "Ooh, yuck. <laughs> the thought of writing a book just was really scary because I'm not I don't consider myself a writer. And uh, just slowly, just periodically over the last about six years, I would just peck away periodically and put it away for months and just finally got to the completion component of it and got the ideas out there. That's awesome. Well, you're a communicator, right? And so it's just another means of communication. And that's what is so daunting about being an author. It's like, well, I didn't think of myself as that, but you're a communicator. And so that when you have a message like this, Kathleen, it's got to be out there. And so I'm going to show everyone who's watching from YouTube. Here's the copy of the book. So it's it's called School Transformation Through Teacher Appreciation. And that's what I love because you know that I'm all about mental health and improving mental health in schools and for our youth and our staff. But this is truly a great strategy. So let's talk about that. How are you supporting teachers as a means to improve their mental health? When I talk with people about teacher retention, I tell them it, it's to me, it's a four pronged approach. You've got to recognize them and make them feel appreciated because everybody wants to feel valued for what they do and they want to feel wanted. So you've got to come up with ways to appreciate them. We've kind of become, this sounds weird, that society where we get a trophy for 14th place. And so that means we want to be recognized. Everybody wants it. So you've got to come up with the little things to really appreciate and let the teachers know that you see them. Um, you've got to come up with ways for them to feel supported. Uh, when you're sitting down with a parent, even if that teacher's in the wrong, what conversation are you having with that teacher beforehand and plans are you putting in place with that teacher so that when you're sitting with that parent, the teacher can put a resolution on the table, not the principal, so that the teacher feels that support. Or, you know, 
when the parent gets upset and because parents just get upset nowadays when they just get upset, you know, having the, I guess, for lack of a better word, the backbone, you just tell the parent, sorry, you know, we're not going to talk to my teachers that way. My teacher was in the rights and just having those conversations, um, hear their voice. How are you giving them a say in the school? In the book, I talk about like, just as a building principle, there are a bazillion little decisions that have to be made all the time. And some of them have really, you just don't care about like, you know, on a early release day, let's say it's an early release. Do we want to go to all eight classes by noon or do we want to go to just some of the classes by noon? As a building principle, I really don't care what we do. So why not let put out in a staff meeting, how are we going to do this day? Do y'all want to see all of them or do you want to see part of them? Love that. Um, let them vote and share the results. Little things like that gives them a say in the school and it, it gives them that more ownership. Well, and, and, then, and it appreciates their time. It values their time because they do care how it is. So thank you so mm -hmm. much for that, Kathleen. It's a, that's a big deal. Sorry, yes. going. you're going. No, you're it. fine. And um, the fourth, my fourth prong is have fun. What are you doing to have fun? I mean, at my campus, we did Olympics. We did scavenger hunts. I mean, it's just what fun are you having? With Teacher Appreciation Week last year, I finally decided, you know what? Let's do dress days. Let's do theme days for the week of teacher appreciation. And the students and the teachers all dressed. And oh my gosh, by far the best was dress like a student. I had teachers <laughs> renting Crocs from students to wear. No we way. had hoodies, we had ear pods, but yeah. it's, you know, what are you doing to put the fun in there for the teachers, even if it is just the way they dress for a day? Yeah, it does build the culture. It really does. It. It. Mm -hmm. I think we've all worked for someone who has your back as a leader. Um, and, so, and leaders who have not. And I know the difference, right? You walk into the school and you can just feel the tension when it's not there. And so it's so important that you said all that about fun and support. And so give us another strategy. I, I did tweet out about, as you know, about the scavenger hunt. Can you give people an idea what that is? <laughs> I mean, they know what so, a scavenger hunt is, but how you utilized it, because it was awesome. Yes. Um, I actually was hired as the principal from another district for my campus about two weeks before teachers started. And when I met with my secretary, there was no money. Um, we were in between the budget drops and there was just nothing. And I'm like, I have five days. At that time, there weren't district PD days. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to do for five days with my teachers and how are we going to have fun? And so I created a handbook because the campus didn't even have a faculty handbook at the time. And I partnered with community businesses close to us and just said, hey, you know, this is what I'm doing. Can I put a QR code up in your door? It would have a question about the scavenger hunt. They would answer it, scan the QR code. And like at Subway, it would say, go to the counter and get a cookie. Or at Racetrack, go get a, go get a free fountain drink on us. Um, Home Depot, it was just a paint stir. I mean, there's not a lot you can do at Home Depot. So they'd get a free paint stir. <laughs> um, and then what I did is I had 20 locations and I made it where it was just a cyclical thing. And we did, as they came in, they got playing cards 
And that's how they were grouped. They all started at a different location and the first group back with everything wins. And we sent them out, go. Well, when we got back and we're in the library talking, I was like, all right, so let's kind of talk about your experiences. You got out in the community, you got to see where our kids live, you got to see things. So talk to us about what you saw. And it was really funny because I'll never forget, Brian Ketchum stood up, he raised his hand. I said, yes, he stood up. He goes, last year when we, he goes, never mind, we didn't have fun last year. And he sat down and I went, okay. Then um, Mike Stitt, my head football coach, he goes, the cops are here. And I go, excuse me, what? He goes, he goes, holy crap, they have a ticket book. And I go, what? So I walked to the door and I'm talking with this law enforcement officer that came and he had a license plate and had asked for a certain driver. So I called um, Danny Montemayor over, or Mary Anderson, it was her car. Danny stands up and says, I was driving. So they both come out. And the officer's telling them that when they pulled out of the Dollar Tree parking lot, the, they were driving recklessly and they caused a wreck behind them that involved a Lincoln town car that had a visiting state senator in it. And so then he got the other two occupants of the car out there and was talking to them. And after about five minutes, I reached my hand out and I go, I'm sorry, sir, what was your name again? And he goes, Chief Deputy Eckert. And I go, I shook his hand. I go, hey, sweetie. And I gave him a kiss. <laughs> and my the teachers right there were just like, uh, and this all happened like in the library doorway. And you hear the staff, she kissed him. And you know, they're just like, oh my gosh, she kissed him. So I brought him in and I introduced him to my staff. I was like, you need to know my husband. I want y'all to meet him and stuff like that. And the staff loved it. There's one girl that to this day, her nickname is Crybaby because she was seven months pregnant. And as she's walking out of the library, she's like, I thought my friends were getting arrested. <laughs> so my husband still to this day, when we like when we see him somewhere, he still calls her Crybaby. <laughs> and it just really set the foundation and for for the staff. It let them see that. I'm here. We're going to have fun. Um, my personality, my demeanor shows we're going to mean business. I'm going to hold you accountable. I have high expectations, but when it's time to play, we're going to play and we're going to play hard. And the, the staff loved it. Now, meanwhile, behind the scenes, I had talked with my secretary because I was new and I said, who can I do this to this prank? And she originally had said, well, you could do Mike Stitt, who was my head football coach. And she goes, but you'll have to watch out because he'll try to get you back. And I go, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I'm like, so I don't want him in the group. So we'd earmarked the four people. And when I'm handing out the deck of cards, the numbers I was reaching under the deck to hand uh -huh. those four their card. My secretary was in one parking lot and my AP was in another parking lot. And they knew who was earmarked. And we we're the only three that knew what was going on. So where when they hopped in a car, they snapped a picture of the license plate that I got to my husband so that he could run the plates and we could do this. And wow. so, so it was, it was so hilarious. The new superintendent started about the same time I did, and he was out visiting my campus one day and, um, you know, first year principal, first time I've met the guy, we're walking through the halls of the school and he goes, so I hear you're the principal that pranked your staff. And I went, <laughs> 
could you give me a little more context? Is this good or bad? Good or bad conversation? Right. And he's right. like, no, it was hilarious. And so it made its way through even up to the superintendent in a very positive way of the fun and everything like that. So it was really just a good way. The staff had had a bad year the year before, a bad experience. And my secretary told me they blew up Facebook that night about how much fun they had and just excited to start the new year. So it, it, it was really a lot of fun. It sounds like it. Oh my gosh. And I'm just so glad you provided that for them. And then I'm so glad you also said, but there is a time to do work. And I mean, business and you'll be held accountable and all of that, because guess what? They will respect that way more because they know that you'll give them the space to have fun, but then also, you know, say, listen, we're all in this to, to do the work too. So I love that. That is awesome. What else? Um, get, can you give one other, maybe quick strategy that you have used before for teacher appreciation too, that people still talk about something that pops in your head? Um, I'd say one that really I hear the most about is, um, what did I, I can't remember what I've called it in the book, to be honest with you, but my dad had shared back before social media, my dad forwarded me an email. You know how your mom and dad forwarded you the emails about the cat jumping or just weird <laughs> stories. Well, my dad had sent me one about a guy that was killed in Vietnam. My dad's a Vietnam vet. And in his, in his wallet, they found this list of traits about him and who said them. Well, they traced it back to when he was in fourth grade. His teacher had everybody in the class say something nice about everybody in writing. And she took the time to write all the nice things by kid that the classmates said and gave them to the kids. Oh. And that was in his wallet when he was killed in Vietnam. Well, it was very impactful for me to hear that. And I thought there's got to be a way I can use this at some point. So I kept it and just held on to it. And I held on to two or three of those type of things from dad. But um, with this one, what I did is in November at the faculty meeting, I gave him a staff list and I said, all right, you've got one month. I want you to write something nice about everybody on the staff. Doesn't have to be a dissertation, a couple words, one word, whatever. Um, if you don't know them, it's a great time to go meet them and write something nice. At the time, we had just over 100 staff members. And so I did have one or two teachers who are normally not my complainers come to me and say, oh, Ms. Eckert, this is so overwhelming. This is too much. And I was like, OK, so I sent an email out after the meeting and said, look, this wasn't meant to stress anybody. This was my second or third year on the campus. I said, guys, chalk this up as method to my madness. Um, and just do what do what you're comfortable with if you can't do them all. And my complainers hit reply all and said, tell whoever's complaining to suck it up. Who can't say something nice about their colleagues? And you've oh. got a month. And so it so it was kind of interesting there when they turned them in. I had all these spreadsheets about all these nice things. Then I got with one of my office paras and she divvied them out by teacher. And she made a wordle for each teacher. So it would have their name and then it would have all the stuff the staff said. And I printed them on blue linen paper, resume paper, because our colors were blue and gold. And then I bought little cheap 50 cent frames. And for teacher appreciation week, I hand delivered them to all the teachers. And they were just so excited. 
Ironically, my ELA teachers were off campus at a professional development that day. So when I finished handing all the staffs out, I took the English ones to the PD room and handed them theirs at a break. And they were like, oh, everybody's posting on Facebook. We thought we're going to have to wait till tomorrow to see ours. Oh. And it's it was very impactful and people still talk about it. Um, they, if you walk the school, you see them in there, um, in their rooms. And I actually did it twice during my 10 years. I did it about five years later. We did a second one. And one of my teachers that was with me both times, she says she gave one to her son and one to her daughter. Oh my goodness. Um, and just, she just loved them. So and what that just radiates throughout not only your school community to their own families, because they're going home feeling that way. And they, some of them may have done that, right? Even more and more and more that you don't even know about that. The ripple effect is huge. No wonder it truly is a mental health strategy. It really is, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. It is. So listeners don't really know this about you yet, but I'm going to tell them because you've gotten so much recognition, Kathleen. So you were, um, when you led the middle school, Hillwood Middle School, it was named Texas, right? It was in Texas, right? Um, mm -hmm. National School to Watch. And you've also um, gotten Best Middle School from U.S. News and World Report. You've gotten the Texas Whole Child Award from ASCD. And you were a finalist for the H, is it HEB Excellence in Education mm -hmm. Principal Award? Okay, can you tell me about that? Because then I want you to tell us about the um, trip to China. Okay. So let's hear about both. The, um, the finalists for the HEB, my teachers had actually uh, written an essay about some of the stuff that we do at the school and um, had submitted I, it. I'm going to, hold on one second here. I'm going to interrupt you for this. You mean one of your extremely busy teachers took time to write an essay about the things that you were doing at the school? It was, I, I think it was, it was four teachers got together and did it. Wow. Doesn't that, honestly. Oh yeah. That, doesn't that, that says a lot to me. It does. Yeah. It does. Yay. Yes. They, okay. It was, it was awesome. That's awesome. Okay, I, go on. That's amazing. And, um, what it it was really weird because I I knew it'd been submitted but didn't think anything about I mean I thought a lot about it but once it was submitted I wasn't I mean I thought ah oh, they're not you know it's no big deal I'm not going to get it or whatever um and we were after the there's a if you if you win it you get twenty five thousand dollars for the school so the goal was to try to get that for our community service projects that we did anyways. One day I was at a principal meeting and one of my APs texted and said, I need you back here now. Um, there's something going down. I need you at the gym. And I was like, okay. And I thought it was real weird, but I, I left. I met him at the gym and I'm walking in. I've always got a Sonic drink with me. So I had my Sonic drink, my purse, stuff like that. And my female AP took that stuff from me and they pushed me into the gym. And I'm going to try not to tear up. When I walked into the gym, there were 1,300 kids, well, holding signs that say, we heart Eckert. And that's when I was told I was a finalist um, for the award. And it just, the superintendent was there. Um, my, my husband was there. My sister-in-law was there. My nieces. Um, but just the kids, all, I mean, it was just a huge pep rally, 1,300 kids, um, Wow. And that's when I found out why wow, I'm glad I brought a Kleenex. Um, that's when I found out about. So it was, it was huge and impactful. We didn't win. We did get um, 
As a finalist, there was, I think, a $2,500 prize for the school. So that went towards our community service project. So it was still good. Um, but it was just a really awesome experience um, from the teachers and from the kids. So it was just really nice. Oh, my gosh. I mean, if anybody needs a lesson on building school culture, that is it. It really isn't. It, it's a, And it started with appreciating the teachers. It really did because that is what that valuing them, hearing their needs, and then meeting their needs. The fact that you sent an email out after one of the teachers said, hey, listen, this is a lot. And you paid attention to that and you gave them space to, to alter based on that. And then somebody else stepped in and said, no, 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 wait, we all have to do this. I mean, it just speaks to how everybody's communicating and participating in it together. That is so key. And I am so appreciative. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry I made you cry, but listen. No, it's okay. Big deal. <laughs> it's, it, is, it is so neat to hear. Oh my gosh, Kathleen. Okay, so tell us then about the School to Watch leadership trip to China. Wow, that um, that was interesting. I was sitting at um, the high school graduation. I was at the middle school and I'm sitting in the room waiting to go out because at that time they had the feeder principals on the stage and I opened up my email and I had an invitation from the National School to Watch, um, the middle school acceleration forum, inviting me to go to China to um, talk to some middle schools, present to some principals, um, and we did some sightseeing as well. And uh, I, my superintendent was in the room when I got that email and I went over to him and my eyes are just huge. And in the email, it says, all you have to do is get yourself to Chicago and then everything else is covered. And wow. I went up to the superintendent and I showed him the email. My eyes are huge. And he goes, we got it. We'll cover Chicago. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so I went home and told my husband, I said, um, honey, I'm going to China. Um, <laughs> and so we, I mean, we did, had to apply for visas. There was a bunch of stuff to go through, but, uh, I mean, the first three days we sight, we got to sightsee. We saw the Great Wall of China. There were 10 of us from all over the U.S. and, um, got to go to the Forbidden City and all these different things. But then the days that we went to the schools, it was just, like I have a video of a middle school that's 1500 kids and it's time for calisthenics or PE and all 1500 come outside. You see them all walk up. They line up on the hashtags and a PA system goes and they're all out there doing their stretches and they know exactly what to do. And you're like, wow. Okay. Mine would be running around. Like <laughs> it would look like a wild game of tackle tag. Oh my <laughs> that gosh. was my school. And, but just, you know, the whole culture, like they learn how to make tea. Tea making is an art. They learn how to do the calligraphy. They learn how to cut paper um, with the signs in it. It's called paper cutting, but yeah. those are required classes. Those aren't elective classes. Oh, wow. And so stuff like that was real interesting. And we got to go to high school number two which was Providence that we were in and got to see those kids because right before eighth, after eighth grade is when they, or ninth grade is when they take a test to where either they get to finish or they don't. And so it was very interesting to watch the behavior of the kids in these rooms because you really didn't have the discipline because they knew the other and one of the elementaries we went to, I took a quick video and sent it to my niece, who's a first grade teacher, because we went into a first grade room that had 
47 first graders. Wow. 47. And we complain about 25 or 30. Yes. And like one of the high schools that we went to, there was a guy who's from the U.S. This sounds very bad. And I apologize if he's listening or if I offend anybody. But watching him teach, um, I turned to the principal from Ohio and was like, mm, he wouldn't have made it through the front doors of my building. Mm. I mean, there it was he didn't. He didn't know the kids' names. He's like, when I walk by you and put my hand over your head, answer the question. I'm like, uh, you know, there was nothing. And the kids had a stack of workbooks. And he's like, okay, now it's time for the blue workbook. Turn to page 48, work on that. And then we sit there for about 20 minutes. Now it's time for the red workbook. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and, and these kids, it's a ninth grade class. So it's their last year before the national test. And they are so obedient and doing what he says. And you're just like, <laughs> wow, what a great cultural experience to it was prepare. it was just wild. Yeah, it really was. Um, one of the best things is that when we came back, uh, got to do a presentation for my staff, and I got to do a presentation um, you know, about the differences that I saw, did it for our district, and I got to do it for a Texas organization as well. Just the differences, the you know, they don't have the they don't try to look to how to engage kids, how to make things fun. They don't look for that. The kids are compliant. Yeah. And that just shows you too is because we talk a lot about that um, when we talk about mental health and we talk about student behavior in schools is you might get compliance, but is it really helping with growth and development of these kids? So what would you say to that? Yeah, I just it. You know, when I it was 2017 when I went, so it was really before SEL became a th- really became like a verb or a thing, mm-hmm. and it was really before the mental health crisis that everybody's concerned about. But even then, I was like, this this can't be good. This th- they're not kids. I mean, even in the first grade room, when you've got 47 six six year olds sitting there at their desk, and the desks were all in rows. Mm-hmm. doing their work and just doing it. I mean, you don't see them interacting with others. You don't, nothing. It's just, you just don't think that can be good for them. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's, gosh, that could be an entirely new episode. <laughs> we <can laughs> do that sometime because that is a big deal. There's a lot there. There really is. Um, but I also want to honor your time. I know you've got a lot going on. So can we wrap this up for you um, to just briefly explain like what is one thing that you would like people to leave with as far as teacher appreciation? It's not an, it can't be an afterthought. If like when we're recording this right now, teacher appreciation week, let's, I think it's seven weeks away. If you haven't started planning that week, you're behind. Mm -hmm. Um, You can't just throw a candy bar in their box or just do something and one little thing, buy them a a cup or a cap and think that's it. Teacher appreciation, it's also not just that week that I mentioned. It's a continual all year thing and it cannot be an afterthought. Everything does not need to be as thought out like when I gave out the list of names in November and plan to give it out in May. It doesn't need to be that thought out, but you do have to plan for it. If you don't plan for it, you will not be successful. Mm-hmm. It will feel pieced together and it will be the teachers will take it very, take it as it's ingenuine because it is. 
Yeah. And that's a really good way to build resentment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. So again, I'm going to show your book again to our YouTubers because I want you to see this cover. It really is great. You can see I'm reading it and have gotten through a lot of them. There's so many strategies in there. How do people get your book called School Transformation Through Teacher Appreciation? How do they get that? It is available on Amazon. Um, so you can purchase it through Amazon. You can, I do have a website that's just KathleenEckert.com. I've started a newsletter back in October where I try every month to send out teacher appreciation idea that is not in the book. So if you want more stuff after you get the book, or if you don't want to get the book, I prefer you do. But if you, you know, if you'd rather not, there's those newsletters are all posted on my website to where you can get more ideas um, and strategies. And I'll continue to do that as well. Great. And what is the website address? Uh, com. Awesome. And of course I'll put yeah. that in the show notes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Kathleen. That is really helpful. You'll have to come back and share what you did this year because I don't want you to give it away, but I do want you to tell us more later. So I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it.